the IAOMS community around the world. This is another installment of our fall podcast series, Lessons Learned from COVID-19 for the OMF Community. I am here today with Dr. Jorge Ravello. This is Deborah Zabladil for IAOMS, and I would like to welcome you, Dr. Ravello. Thank you so much for being with us. It is my pleasure, Deborah. Thank you for inviting me. So, Dr. Ravello, you are from Caracas, Venezuela, and um, my understanding is that you have a very interesting story about how COVID-19 really started for you and how it impacted you all the way back in March of 2020. Would you share that with us? Definitely, yes. Hello, everyone around the world. Yes, we, I was in a meeting. It was a Cartagena meeting with the uh, Colombian Association of Oral Maxillofacial Surgeons. And I was scheduled to give a, a talk Saturday. I don't remember where it was. I think it was around the 12th or so, uh, March. And then I was supposed to return on Sunday to Venezuela from Colombia, which is a short trip. But they closed the border in Venezuela without notice. So on Saturday, they say no one is allowed to cross the border. So here we are in Cartagena. I mean, no clothing. I mean, just... Enough. I, I, I mean, we had a suitcase for a weekend or so. So I said, gee, I can't return to Venezuela. So thank God I, was, I had planned to go to the uh, Academy of uh, Ocean Integration meeting in, in Seattle. But that was also canceled because of the COVID-19. So I said, well, you know what? I cannot return to Venezuela. I cannot stay in Colombia. I have a ticket to fly to U.S. and I have a daughter um, I'm a colleague. My son is also an oral maxillofacial surgeon. Said I'm going to go to U.S. and I, at least I have my family there. So in August I went to Miami, and things. Um, when I went to Miami, when I got there, people really didn't pay a lot of attention to the COVID-19. And uh, but then all the news started that how uh, severe was infection with COVID-19 and a lot of people were dying in Italy and Spain. So then, wow, but we didn't know a lot about it. So I was wearing my mask and using my gloves. Now I think gloves, I don't think we should use gloves because when you have gloves, then you don't wash them and you right. touch a lot of things. Then you could touch your face or something. But at that sure. time, we didn't know a lot of things. So anyway, I was there. And the numbers start increasing in U.S. And we're trying to find out what was going on. And I couldn't return home. So then, uh, but Miami, I mean, Florida was real bad. Because people really, they were out in the steel and getting a lot of people together. So the disease was spreading, uh, I mean, rapidly. So my son said, Daddy, you're, <laughs> you're 65. You're in the dangerous segment. Please come to my house. He practiced in West Virginia, and over there, I mean, he has a big house, with, and the neighbors are very far away. So, yes, so I, I flew over there, and it was great because I didn't feel, you know, like I was in prison or something because it, it's wide open. And over there, there were a minimum of, of people getting uh, infected with the COVID. So I had to stay there, like, three and some months. I mean, and it was crazy. Thank God my son was taking care of my house over here. And thank God my, my colleagues here in my office were all also, you know, take looking over the patients and everything. Yes. And still had to support my, 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 
my people. So uh, it was a big mess. I mean, sending the money and, and everyone was suffering here and I wasn't around to take care of my family nor take care of the, my personnel that worked in my office. So anyway, one thing that I learned is that everything is so unpredictable. I mean, one day I was giving a lecture in Cartagena, which is a beautiful city, and there were a bunch of uh, uh, oral maxillofacial surgeons from the U.S. And, and, and from all over the world. And the next day, you see, it's like a terror movie. Everyone wearing masks and see, and you, I, you think for yourself, hey, what's going on? I mean, what, what happened? One day you're partying and giving lectures. The next day, you, you may die because of the terrible disease that is spreading all over the world. So that was shocking, really. Yes. Then I read, then thank God, uh, uh, I can, my, one of my good friend of mine, a cardiologist, he gave me a call because uh, his son had some problem with his uh, thermolar, with the wisdom teeth. And he told me he was also stuck in Miami. I said, listen, Jimmy, I, I mean, I'm stuck here. I've been here almost four months and I got to go back. So if you find any way to return, please, you know, share it with me because I have to return. So at the end, they, there was another doctor, an orthopedic doctor that also was, you know, in the same situation. And through some friends and through also a, a, a non-profit organization, they were start, start, you know, sending letters and asking big shot people in the government yeah. to allow us to return. I mean, we're active doctors who, you know, go back and take care of our patients. So I think it was God's will that at the end, we got the written permission. So we flew in a commercial airline from Miami to Antigua. Mm. And then we had to spend there overnight and it, I was impressed at the Antigua, uh, it's a small island and the airport was, you know, very, they were very methodic about keeping safety. And I was oh. very much impressed with that. Then the next day we returned to Venezuela in, in a private uh, airplane. And it was so funny because we were, they were doing the COVID uh, test in, in the airport. Sure. I noticed they they were using the the what you call the cotton the, the uh, swab the swab and they are going instead of going parallel to the palate they were going up to the brain and I say yes <laughs> the nose looks like this but the floor of the nose is parallel to the palate you 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 shouldn't go up then I found out <laughs> there is an article that someone perforated perforated the patient's uh, nose and had a CSF leak because of that. So crazy things can happen. I told the guys, do not, <laughs> it's not like this, it is like that. Oh, thank you, doctor, thank you, because no one taught us how to take the samples. And that's one reality, at least in, in Latin America. So anyway, thank God we all were negative. So we were allowed to come out to Caracas, Venezuela, and uh, but then I came back to a different world, and I had to see what, 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 how are we going to manage things now? Right. Because, for example, the waiting area in my office is not huge, it's limited space. We need between one meter and a half to two meters of distance 
uh, I mean, social distance. So we had to reschedule everything because if we used to have patients every 30 minutes for consultation, now it has to be one hour or one hour and a half, just sure. not have a lot of people in the waiting area and everything has to change. Then <clears throat> uh, we place in a, a special carpet that will uh, hopefully disinfect the shoes and then a dry section and then uh, everyone has to wear masks following also the protocol with the uh, uh, thermometers and check temperatures and everything. And we started sending through email uh, a small you know, questionnaire trying to find out if anyone has had fever or any symptoms, we like to postpone the appointment and not putting anyone at risk here. And a lot of disposable things. We, uh, we used to, to use uh, clothing for, for sterile drapes and such. No, now we move everything as disposable. We throw away everything. So sure. now I was went up very much because we cannot reuse a lot of things that we might, I have a washing machine and a dryer, so we would, you know, wash things. Yeah. Now we can't, so we throw everything out. So of course, that's, so the city, I don't know how it's around the world, but here I see maybe a 20% patient compared to what used to be right before the COVID. So like the world economy, everything is, you know, not what yeah. it used to. So, and so it's my office. But on top of that, we have increased the cost. So yes. it's no good. <laughs> no good. Yeah. That is quite a story. That is quite a story. So it, this happened in March, right? You were in uh, Cartagena. And then okay. you, but at what date did you finally get back to Caracas? I arrived in Caracas, I think it was August, uh, what? Oh, no, in July. I came in, no, July. July. Okay. It was the end of July. Uh, April... Uh, May, June, July. It was like four months that I was. Four out. months, yeah. So in that time, you are, you know, you talked about the financial implications. You are paying your staff, right? Yes. You are, um, you know, trying to think of new ways to do business. You basically can take twenty percent of your patient load, and you have to use all disposable new types of things that are costing you more money, right? That is correct. Yeah. And do you have any sense of, you know, how long it would take you to, you know, make those revenues back or, or to, you know, kind of recover financially from something like that? Well, thank God now the number of patients that we're seeing are, thank God, now increasing. And yep. uh, I think we all, we have to know that it, the COVID-19 is a reality that we have to deal with it. I mean, it's right. going to be for life. Our life it will never be the same. Right. It's a different, a totally different story. And I think, see, at first we were so scared because we didn't know, but life goes on. I mean, you cannot stop time and say, well, you know what? I'm going to be in my house and I'm not going to go anywhere. Right. But one very important thing that I learned is, uh, well, thank God, like to answer your question, things are getting a little better. But like, but here, you know, in Venezuela, even though it is one of the most important oil reserve countries, now there's no gasoline. And the water supply is crazy. There's many areas that have no water supply. So 
the population uh, cannot have adequate hygiene uh, uh, methods. I mean, they cannot wash everything well, so that's not good, and the and the the disease can spread. I mean, rapidly. And, and was that a result of COVID, Dr. Ravello, or has it always been that no, way? No, no, that's a result of a, a, of a very bad government. I mean, okay, okay. Uh, so, so now here, it's just compounding the problem, is what you're saying, yeah, right? Yeah, it is. Yeah. It, it, okay. Right. And uh, so, but one thing, and, and it depends on when you are. If you are in an area here, for, for example, it's a middle class area, you'll see people wearing masks and keeping the social distancing. But if you go to uh, popular areas, you'll see a crowd of people with no mask and just in markets and so So it's quite difficult to control when you don't educate the people. So right. one important thing is education and, and spread the, 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 the advices that you, I mean, the, the, how to prevent for the disease, for the disease to get in, uh, spread out and, and, and burst. And one very important thing that I learned is that we are used, I mean, we care for so many things that really are not that important. Uh, we, yeah. we, we want to build a huge house and we want to have watches and this and a lot of material things that then it doesn't matter if you die. I mean, what's the sense of trying to, to keep so many things for yourself and to earn so much money and, and do some, and then you die and, and what happens? So uh, that really got me to think a lot about God, about the philosophy of living, about uh, do things right now and not wait so long. For example, to tell someone you love, you know what, I love you. I um, I feel so bad that I haven't had enough time to share with my son or with my grandchildren. And that really changed my life. So right now, when I finish in my office, I go and visit my son and I spend some time with my grandchildren. And, um, and I wanna say, I, I love you to my wife and spend yeah. some quality time because it's like anything that you thought was important and I'm not saying that it's not important, the money to survive. And of course, you need a house, you need a office, you need a car. But that maybe is not the most important things in your life. I mean, there are other things that COVID really got me to think about it. And it is in the line of the things that I just mentioned. I think one of the things about COVID is it was almost a, the great equalizer, right? It just, you know, no one was really exempt from it. Everyone was at risk. And, you know, yes. even, you know, wealthy people were struggling and less wealthy people. And then people that were already struggling were struggling more. So it was in some ways, I think, the great equalizer of our of our time, maybe. The daughter of one very important person, it was the owner of one bank in, in Spain. And she wrote and the media said, you know, it is so crazy. My daddy has so much money and he died because he couldn't get something that is for free and is air. Yeah. Her daddy died because he couldn't breathe anymore because of the COVID problem. Right. And it's, you know, it's, that's the thing. I mean, uh, right. just like you said, it doesn't matter how much money, how many property you could die as well as 
as the person that has nothing. We, as a, as a people from the world, should learn about trying to help mom. I mean, we have to learn that we have to help us. I mean, to help each other more and not just think about many things that maybe we didn't really think about it in the past. And right now, I mean, I think we still have some time to build a better world. And I think we have to keep in mind that there are many things that are really not that important, but you could die tomorrow. And uh, it will be nice to have good memories and to know that you love a lot of people and a lot, a lot of people also love you. So I think- Absolutely, absolutely. Um, Dr. Ravello, in many parts of the world, masking and social distancing has become very politicized. So you mentioned earlier that you have people uh, in Venezuela living in very tight communities. They're, you know, they don't have much social distance space and they need to be educated. So do you think that um, the virus spreading there and are they becoming, um, are they becoming infected because they, they truly don't have the education or because they don't believe that they can transmit the virus, um, you know, by not wearing masks and, and following health guidelines? Oh, Deborah, that's a very good question. Okay, there, there, there's, the answer is kind of complex because there's a lot of people that apparently they even either they do not care or they do not understand what's going on, especially in the most popular areas. You see a crowd of people buying things in the market with no mask, too close, and, uh, and it's a scary thing because normally they're probably the most exposed uh, population to this kind of thing. And they just, they don't, they don't do what they should be doing. The government is strongly uh, saying that you have to wear masks at all times. And uh, they have, they have like one week that the, the, the stores can open and you can move freely. And then the next one, it is uh, it's one week in which you can, uh, the, the certain uh, stores cannot open and you cannot go to the beach and you, know, you cannot go to many different areas and they block the ways. But like, by doing that, if you have expressway that have eight lanes and then you use only one to restrict them, it's a huge being in the same place and that's even worse. And again, if you, want, if you need gasoline, you have a lot of people next to each other in, the, in, in a very small area. So things are very weird. And I don't know what's going to happen at the end. Uh, the educated people, I'm like in this area, it's a middle class area. It's only four persons allowed to enter the uh, elevator and everyone is wearing masks. And yeah. you, you are not touching everything in that. I mean... But in the country and in many, many other areas, situation is crazy. And here, we don't have the resources that you may have in U.S. So if you're sick, for example, my brother-in-law had a heart attack not too long ago, not even maybe a month ago. So difficult to find a, a, a hospital or a, a, a private hospital because everyone was full with the COVID thing. Sure. So... He barely survived because we were able to find a small uh, uh, 
private hospital that they could do a stamp and, and do the things because otherwise he will just die. Yeah. So uh, the public health is just very insufficient. So Dr. Ravello, thank you so much for your time today. I so appreciate you being part of our podcast series and sharing your very unique experiences in Venezuela. As we conclude today, do you have any additional thoughts or words of advice you'd like to share with your OMF colleagues around the world? Oh, yes, Deborah. Thank you so much. Uh, the first thought that comes to my mind, a lot of uh, people from the medical area have died trying to help some other human being. So my first thought will be, please, be careful, uh, be aware that it's a, it could be a deadly disease, and uh, we cannot stop uh, taking care of our patients, but we have to do it safely. Uh, here in Venezuela, at least 300 doctors have died because of that, and it's quite pitiful. Uh, then we also have to take care of our families, so we have to really uh, take care of ourselves here in our uh, place of work and also our families. And last but not least, uh, things happen for a reason. Maybe we have to kind of uh, change our view of life. I mean, maybe we have to pay more attention to the most important things and uh, and be thankful to God for every day that we wake up and we're able to breathe. Uh, we take a lot of things for granted. And now that this pandemic has right, or has stricken the, the, the world, it's time to think about the most important values that we have. And uh, that's to take care from one, one to another and trying to do the best things that you could do in your life whenever you have the time and the chance to do it. Uh, and again, I think that, to me, are the, the two uh, thoughts that I think are more important. Safety, safety for our patients, for our families, um, for ourselves, and then uh, think about what is really important in life. And I think with these two thoughts, I maybe can end my, uh, my, my interview. What do you Thank think, you. Deborah? I think, I think those are very, very good, very wise words. And thank you so much, Dr. Jorge Rubello from Caracas, Venezuela. Very much appreciate your time today and sharing your story and uh, wish you much health, safety, and happiness as this year comes to a, uh, an end and into 2021. Thank you so much. Thank you once again for listening to the IAOMS podcast series. IAOMS members receive additional benefits such as access to the IJOMS, educational resources, reduced rates for conferences, and more. To join or renew your membership, please visit www.iaoms.org. Keep up to date with our weekly podcast by following IAOMS on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest news. 
See you next week.